0: Welcome to the Uncharted podcast. I am your host, Inez Franklin. My hope for you today is that we discover faith beyond the boundaries. Uncharted is intended to be a safe place for you to listen, learn, and challenge yourself along your journey of faith. May grace and peace be with you today. Welcome to the show. Well, hello, friends. Thank you for being here with me today. I am so excited because less than a month from now, my book Uncharted is coming out. It's already on pre order on Amazon. And I wanted to take a moment and just celebrate that with you. You have been my listeners. We've been on this Uncharted podcast now for over a year kind of covering this topic of the journey of faith and how uncharted it is. And all of this has culminated into a book. I've put all the stories and everything that I've been learning, at least thus far, into this book, and now it's going to go out to the world, and I'm just overjoyed. And so I wanted to take a moment and pause our interviews to celebrate with you this great, great day, and also give you a little bit of a sense for how I organized the book, how I cover the topics in the book, and that hopefully you will be encouraged today, but also you'll be encouraged to go and purchase the book, not just for yourself, maybe for someone else, because what I cover in this book affects all of us as Christian believers. And so I pray that you would uh, check that out. Now, let me just start with a story, because this whole premise that the journey of faith is mysterious, that it is full of faith, but also full of mystery, it came out of my own personal experience, and so I, I want to share with you a story that I do share in my book, but you get to hear it first. And that is really how I came to understand that God existed. When I was seven years old, my grandmother, my abuelita, she took me to catechism class, and it—it it was. I was excited. I wanted to learn about God. She was a faithful Christian, always reading the Bible, talking about God. So I went with it fully and all attention. I sat in the front pew, wanting to learn. And the nun the first day taught us about God, the fact that, you know, God was good and he created everything. Wonderful. And I was like so enthralled that there was a creator that created all things, but I was a very inquisitive kid. So very quickly I started to ask the question, well, okay, if God created everything, where was he standing? And I, decided to ask the question out loud. I lift up my hand before I even thought about it. I asked the question and the nun was a bit shocked at my question and dumbfounded. She didn't know how to answer it. And she basically said to me, you of little faith. He, she was like, you, you have no faith in God. You shouldn't question God. You need to trust him fully. And she sent me to the back of the church, to the chapel to pray for forgiveness. I had to pray the Our Father and Hail Mary tons of times, so that God would forgive me for my lack of faith. And, of course, all the kids started to laugh and make fun of me um, because I, I asked such a dumb question. And so I remember that moment feeling like, whoa, questions are dangerous when it comes to God. And so the next class, I came back again. I was a little more nervous. I didn't sit in the front pew. I sat a few pews back, actually, at the back of the class. And this time the nun was telling us of heaven, how everything in heaven was beautiful and perfect, no suffering, no pain, no evil, no abandonment, no fathers who left their children, no alcoholism, no abuse, no mean brothers, no bullies, no theft, no sexual attacks. that heaven would be this place of goodness and wholeness and peace and love. Man, I'm sitting there listening to this going, oh, I want this." now. In fact, as I was listening to the nun, I decided, well, I'm not sure what's wrong with all of you people that we know we're going to heaven and heaven is good. I'm not sure why you all want to stay here, but I don't. I'm checking out. So I decided that day I was going to go to heaven. And so I walked home. I climbed the roof of my house. I went to one corner of the roof to throw my body and go to heaven that day. And I looked down, and there was a lot of debris. So I thought maybe I shouldn't jump here. So I went to the other corner of the roof and that area below was flat. So I lifted up my hands and in Spanish, I said, Dios, aquí vengo, means father, here I come. And I started to lean my body forward To jump. And I could feel the humid air coming through the hole in my shoe. I had these pairs of shoes that we got once a year from the government because we were so poor and we wore them to death because that's all we wore all the time. And it had a hole in it. I remember feeling the warm air coming through my shoe and the feeling, sensation of leaning forward and falling. It was so freeing. I felt so free as I was about to go to heaven that day. And then I heard this very audible, Authoritative, almost familiar voice saying, Bahate. Now that word means get down. And I remember being completely shocked. Oh, I mean, the, the force of the word almost felt like I was being pulled back from this motion of dropping to the ground. And I fell back and immediately I got off the roof and I went and hid in a very spot I would have fallen. Very interesting choice. But there I was sobbing, wondering, did somebody see me trying to go to heaven that day? And who was it? Who, who said those words? I was thinking, was that my mother? Nope. Was that my brother, my sister, the neighbor? Wait a minute. Was that a man or a woman? I couldn't figure that out. And the moment I realized that it was neither male or female is when in my brain, I clicked that this was God. Telling me to get down. Now, I tell more in my book about that experience. After I heard God's voice, I had a whole conversation with God. No, not audibly. I didn't see him. It was in my mind, in my soul. And we just had this conversation, and it led me onto this journey that all the way to today, where I recognize that God exists and that I cannot question that he is real. That was a Supernatural moment that as a child I did not understand, but now as I'm an adult, I look back, that was truly a supernatural experience. And you only said one word. But from there, I learned this that it seemed to me that God wanted me to endure in this life, that this journey of faith was going to be challenging, and that He would be with me all the way through. I was a bit young to understand what was happening. And of course, it was such a weird experience. I didn't tell anyone. So I went through life keeping the secret to myself but knowing that God was watching my every single step. And that took me on this uncharted journey of life. And as I went through life, I separated myself from God. I, I knew it was there, but I tried to ignore him. I tried to be a good person and try to sort of stay out of trouble. And, but in the same time, I made a mess out of my life. And by the time I was 40, I had been through two divorces, which I talk about in my book. I had two abortions, which I talk about in my book. I had been in an affair. I also talk about that in my book. I had made so many big mistakes in my life. I'd made such a mess out of my life that I realized like, okay, I need to to go back. And it was actually Jim who said to me one day, hey, we should probably go to church. I thought, okay, why not? My life is a mess. My project of being a good person is out. And so we went to church. And the day we walked, we started going to different churches every single Sunday, but they weren't working out. But the day that actually changed my life was when we walked into Mariners Church. And the pastor was teaching about a passage about a woman who had been married multiple times, was living with her man who was not her husband. And that resonated with me because that was me. And that began a journey for me. My journey of faith has been anything but linear, it's not cookie cutter, it doesn't follow a formula. And neither does the story of the women at the well. I resonated with that. And from that point forward, I thought that maybe now that I was a Christian, my life would be a nice, smooth sailing. But no, it still has all kinds of twists and turns and bumps and obstacles and challenges. And so as I began my own journey of faith, I realized like, oh, it's still uncharted. It's still going to be a mystery. And so I've been on this journey for 20 years now, a believer and this idea of writing this book got put in my heart in 2005 literally 2 years after i became a believer i had just become a believer barely read the bible fully and i felt the lord calling me to tell this story to tell my story to tell his story to tell the stories in the bible of people who had the uncharted path as well so in my book it's very personal i tell my story i'm very raw with my own journey I tell stories of people in the Bible whose journeys are not linear whatsoever, the story of Joseph, the people of Israel wandering, of course, the women at the well, Rahab's story, so many stories, Peter's story, stories that show that the journey of faith is not linear as we often try to make it. We want certainty. We want to control things. And when we do that, we actually rob ourselves of the adventure and the great joy that it is to walk with God day by day. Not only that, we create for us fear and anxiety when we try to believe that somehow our journey of faith is going to be smooth and, and linear and work in a certain way. And we know that we are believing that when something happens and we find ourselves flustered, shocked, frustrated, surprised, as though somehow because we're believing in Jesus and following on, even obeying him, being generous and all of that, that something bad isn't going to happen to us. Bad things happen to good people all the time, and they shouldn't shock us because we live in a broken world. But here's the good news. God walks with us step by step. He wants for us a relationship, not a formula. He offers us himself, not some sort of map, not some sort of guarantee of success. The joy that he gives us is his love and his salvation. In his grace and his mercy. That's joy abundant. Jesus said he came to give us life abundant, and he gave that to us. But he said, we will suffer because he suffered. And we will suffer greatly if we really follow him. We're going to suffer. Dietrich Bonhoeffer said, when Jesus calls a man, he bids him to come and die. In other words, we are going to suffer on our journey of faith. But what do we do with that? So, my book, Uncharted, it kind of has a rhythm to it, it has four parts. And these four parts are really a circular format. In other words, we begin with understanding that God has desires for us, and they're really good desires. That God's desires for us are much more beautiful and more expansive than we realize. We all know that God wants us to be like Jesus, to be good, to be generous and kind, to obey him, all of that. But God wants more for us. He wants to bring us joy in all kinds of places, including those places of deep suffering. And he is engaged in every aspect of our lives. If we if we look for him, we'll see him at work, even right now in this very moment, because he has good desires for us. And so in the beginning of the chapter, I, I invite us to drop our formulas, let go of our maps, let go of our craving for control, our craving for certainty, and open ourselves up to the presence of God and the relationship that he wants to have with us. And then in the section two, I talk about overcoming obstacles because, listen, we all have obstacles on the journey of faith. As I was working on this book, oh my goodness, the amount of opposition that I've experienced from the enemy is massive because the enemy wants to break down everything that's created by God. And not only that, we have all kinds of obstacles just simply because of life, because other people become obstacles to us. Other people have their own agendas and their own desires and their own desire for control. And then we have a broken world that has so many people who don't trust in Jesus, and they will be antithetical to what we do. And so obstacles are a given. We're going to have questions on our journey of faith. We're going to make mistakes. We're going to find ourselves sometimes riddled by shame, which I talk about in the book, that we are not to live by shame because shame says that we're broken, that we're no good, and God does not believe that. We are loved beyond measure. We're loved literally to death. Jesus died for us. And so I talk about that in the book. And then the next section, I talk about blessing through obedience, that Jesus said, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do as I say? In other words, if we really want to experience him as our Lord and Savior fully, Being obedient is the best place to do so. It's what he calls us to do because he is good. A good God can't help but give us good things to do, call us to better things because he wants that for us. So, So why wouldn't we be obedient to someone who only wants the very best for us? Now, we might be obedient and still suffer. Interesting situation. And I know that creates for us sometimes doubt. I was obedient to you, God. I was generous. I was kind. I'm serving. I'm doing all the things. I'm praying. I'm on my knees. Why is this situation happening to us? Well, Remember, Jesus was 100% obedient, and yet he suffered. He did everything the Father called him to do, and yet he suffered, which means that that's not what obedience gives us. Obedience doesn't give us a suffer-free life. It gives us something greater than that. I talk about that in the second and the third part of my book. And lastly, I close the, the book, but really it's the beginning all over again, which is that we, are, we thrive in our journey of faith when we thirst for more of God, when we keep this posture in our hearts of constantly desiring God above everything else. And so in this section of my book, I talk about thirsting for God in our suffering, thirsting for God when it seems like we're walking through a deep fog and we don't know what's coming ahead and we're scared and frustrated and anxious. Like, how do we thirst for God as a way to bring peace in our hearts? Because he meets us there. I talk about community and how in community we can grow to a deeper understanding and love for God. And then I call us all into action because the entire book is about surrendering our lives to Jesus. Yes. And not just surrendering. Yes. Surrendering. Yes. Raising our up hands up and, and giving it all to the Lord, but actively surrendering, meaning that we we act through our surrender. When God says to us, I want you to do this, that we, we surrender our plans, yes, but when we act on what God calls us to do, it's a combination of surrender and obedience. It's a combination of saying, I'm going to surrender my way, but I'm going to walk in your way, oh God. And so that, that whole end of the book is to call us to that act of surrender, to, to call us to be people who are living out the full mystery of walking with Jesus but also deeply in faith, trusting in our good and loving God. And then we start all over again, looking for God's desires, leaning on his desires, overcoming our obstacles, blessing through obedience and thirsting for more God. And that is the journey of faith. That is spiritual growth, spiritual development. And then at the end of every chapter, I have a Spiritual practices. So these are ways in which we open up ourselves to God to do a work in our hearts and strengthen our faith. So it's a practical way to live out this idea. So again, I'm calling us to active surrender, not just surrender that is that is letting go, but surrender that says, I'm not just letting go. I'm coming in. I'm trusting you. I'm going towards you, God. Okay, so that is what the book is about. I hope I gave you a kind of a big picture. I just told you one story, but there are many stories in the book about my own personal journey of faith or other people's journey of faith. There's stories of biblical characters and what they experience. So the book has personal information, biblical study, and then it has very practical resources for you. So I hope this has been helpful, and I pray that you would pick it up, that it may be a blessing to you. Be prepared to have a good conversation with God, because I ask lots of questions to help you have a dialogue with the Lord, but also that you will share it with others. Now, I have all kinds of good giveaways, so if you go to... Now, I have some good giveaways, so if you go to InesFranklin.com, after you pre-order your book, you can download uh, the first several chapters of the book, so you can start reading right away. I also give you the spiritual practices in one nice PDF document, and there's more things coming up that I'll be giving away as well, so you may want to go check that out at InesFranklin.com. And then please, please, please share with me your experience. Send me a message. You can send a message through my enesfranklin.com contact page because I want this to be a conversation. We're all on this journey together, and I want that to be uh, really a dialogue. So thank you again for listening today. Share this podcast with your friends so they too may be encouraged to pick up the book. And may the grace and peace of Jesus Christ be with you, not only today, but all week long and forever. God bless you. And we'll talk to you again soon. Thank you for listening to Uncharted Podcast with Inez Franklin. Learn more about Inez at unchartedpod.com. Follow Inez Journey on Instagram at Inez Franklin. Sign up for our email list to receive direct access to online experiences and more. Thanks for listening and join us again next time.